0: hey babe what up what up what up welcome to the petty herbalist podcast it's your girl karina sitting on my yellow couch enjoying this beautiful saturday morning um i am on the land of the tongva people aka los angeles california Mm.
1: Yes, um, and this is your girl, Asia, uh, on the Cheyenne, Ute, and Arapaho territories.
0: Um,
1: Just just being
0: here. Mm. Mm. And within your being, what is taking place in that medicine bag this morning?
1: Yeah, my medicine bag this morning is filled with depression
0: Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. and it's been a while since we danced together because i'm so stringent around not allowing depression to follow my body Mm. um i've built up a really powerful repertoire of tools um but I needed to be with this depression. I needed to have Mm. access to my full range of feeling. Mm. Um, And so I allowed it. And there are so many parts of myself that I forgot. Uh, My depression shows up like feeling alone Mm. when you're surrounded by people. My depression is this wonderful place where i really get to be with the world as it is and mm. interrogate and reflect on the things that i often i often miss mm. um, and so sitting with the medicine of depression uh sitting with the grief the heaviness of that that grief mm. um and really giving myself the, the full taste of it. um,
0: mm.
1: Because I haven't tasted this taste in a while. So, yeah. Uh, mm. Depression is in my medicine bag and I am so grateful for all the things that I get to see and know now that I can't see and know without it. So, mm. Um, that dance and the shadows is, uh, is calling me forth, and so I'm gonna dance
0: there. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that, babe. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel that. I feel that um, as a, I feel like I'm very often depressed as a person who dances with depression. Quite often, I feel all of what you're saying. And then it makes me, it kind of reminds me that I'm like a high functioning depressed person. Cause I feel like I'm depressed a lot more often than not. And, you know, I still have to keep it moving. And the fact that I can keep it moving is insane. It uh yeah, because I I know how debilitating depression can be. And the fact that I can still like laugh and do all the things and still experience the things. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, so anyways, thank you for sharing this journey that you're going on with us. Um in my medicine bag this week um, I am taking on the medicine of growing up and being an adult. Um, <laughs> I started a real job yesterday, where I have to have a uniform,
2: <laughs> and I have to be at a place at a certain time. I have to clock in and. Clock out. <laughs> Ooh
0: and. The way that I've been ducking and dodging, having a real job that you have to clock in and out of has been, yeah, real. So the fact that I'm like, you know what? I'm taking it on. I'm going to be disciplined. And yeah, I I just really want to take on what it means to be an active participant in my community. And... Like an active, like responsible adult, you know, one that can be, you know, sought after when the things are needed in community. I think it's really beautiful that, you know, um, I think, yeah, it was this past week, um, Linda Udine, um, one of the founders of Vive Brazil Dance Company, um, she had an upper respiratory infection and she hit me up. She's like, I need your herbal knowledge. And, um, you know, I I gave her the things and it just reminded me of how, like, I had to give her one of my last tinctures, one of my last echinacea tinctures. And I was like, damn, like, I haven't been keeping up on making my tinctures and always you know staying ready um and so i'm just like okay i really need to build these disciplines into my life so that when the community calls i can show up powerfully Mm -hmm. so yeah there are many things that are happening in my life that are pushing me into adulthood for real for real and uh i'm ready I'm ready to take my place in community and uh, to really take on my role because I believe in those. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I can believe... In, yeah, I believe in the power that you have um, when each person has their thing and each person can show up when the things are needed. Um, so, yeah, I would say that. And... I was hanging out with homies last week. I might have said it on the podcast. I don't remember. But um, creating a community that shows up for each other um, in basic things like cooking dinner. Um, Me and two other friends, we want to create like a weekly gathering where, you know, we cook together. And so we cook a bunch of food. So, that everyone can get their Tupperware in order and uh, grab some things to take home. And so, so that at least once a week, you know, actually a couple times a week, you can have homemade food made by people who you love and the food made with love, and you don't have to be struggling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, and being open enough with each other to communicate that's what we need um because we're like well if we're all suffering like and we all have gifts why not like put our gifts together so that we don't have to suffer as much Mm -hmm. so yeah that's something i've been desiring for a long time but yeah it took me like being real about what i need to actually you know come together in a community and put this together so Mm. Community also is in my medicine bag this week. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm really happy to hear that you are finally like able to respond. Mm-hmm. I love your your reframe, your reframe of of discipline, um sort of as this um mechanism that allows you to to be who you are and to Mm -hmm. be uh the support that you need to be for others Mm -hmm. um and i love that one of the things that you wanted and that you recognize was missing in your life was community and that you've Mm -hmm. decided to build community around the breaking of bread Mm. um which is one of the most powerful strategies um, and it's it's liberatory. Um, I'm reading a book now called "Everyday Utopia" by Kristen mm. Uh That's how her name is pronounced, and she has a Marxist feminist critical lens that she applies to intentional living in intentional communities. Um, and these kind of utopias, um, and what sharing mills does is that it helps to decrease the reproductive labors that women are often asked to bear for the community. Mm-hmm. And so, community is actually a mechanism of uh, <laughs> women's liberation.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: more of it, we have. <laughs> The less oppression uh, that we experience and extending that into caring for our clothes caring for our children mm-hmm. just caring for our food the more community we have the better our quality of life Um, and so shout out to you for building that instinctively and intuitively <laughs> for yourself
0: thanks big. you know mm-hmm. we're all out here trying to survive the best way we can and you know historically, we would have had families to do all the things for us, but you know we're we're older, and <laughs> a lot of us live alone and whatnot, and so the burden is really heavy on us, people who live alone, so coming together in community and saying let's let's do some of these things together um is yeah, like you said it it lessens the burdens it lessens the the feeling of oppression even if it's just the feeling like i i could take <laughs> some of that um but yeah so i'm excited i'm happy about it um and i need it yeah so hey y'all so this week we're doing something similar to what we did last week. Y'all really enjoyed the reprise of our pork episode. And so this week we are bringing to you the halla greens episode. This episode um, came out of our travels to
1: North (laughs) <laughs> when we were visiting our beloved bougie uncle Justin Robinson. Woo woo. And um, and so he's featured
0: on the cover of that one.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, it's just say nah to raw greens, y'all.
2: <laughs> I can't stand myself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh wow. that was episode seven we're at episode this one is gonna be 81 Wow yeah
2: <laughs> isn't that crazy that's beautiful
0: yeah so yeah I hope y'all enjoy this one it's incredible um we were literally recording this one in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we're coming out the closet, y'all, okay. with this episode again.
0: <laughs> so y'all enjoy it, and yeah, we just want to also um let y'all know that we're bringing back these episodes because we are doing the Soul Food Genius Course. So Asia, tell tell the folk a little bit more about the Soul Food Genius Course.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, this course was designed in collaboration with our beloved Justin Robinson, um, a really amazing ethnobotanist. Um, And for those of you who don't know what ethnobotany is, it is an understanding not just of plants, their names, and their parts, but the way and the intersection between plants and the people and the cultures who use them. And so Justin, in this ethnobotany of soul food is bringing the story and the relationship between these different plant foods uh, and how they have moved across the globe to find themselves uh, on the soul food plate. Meanwhile, my practice of ethno nutrition. Mm -hmm. um, Most of you all don't know that I became a devotee of food after I healed my first depression using food alone. Mm. Uh, and so understanding for me, the medicinal aspects of food has been something that has literally saved my life. Mm. Um, and so in this course, I bring to the table my discreet understanding of food science, food processing, uh, and of course, herbal nutrition to really give us an understanding of the genius behind soul food, um, the food of the enslaved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this course is really uh, powerful work for not just Black folks, uh, but for all people to really understand uh, and to really see that I can honor (laughs) the Mm. way that we can honor and uplift the most degraded (laughs) to Mm. see the gold in them. I hope that you'll be able to see the gold in you too. Mm. And the gold in your people and your lineage, irrespective of what their social position has been. And so, uh, yeah, we're teaching crucial lessons about, the secret of food—the the the what's behind the veil of just flavor, right? Mm. To really um to be in touch with like the genius behind our cultural traditions, and so yeah, we're really excited um for Soul Food Genius. This is this is my life's uh, thesis, uh, and sharing it and cultivating it and curating a space for it to be received. Um, and for the folks who receive it to to feel the awe that I experience when I think about the people who created me. Um, yeah, that's what we're up to, y'all.
0: Yeah, it's going to be incredible. And so, yeah, we're just really excited. And so we just want to bring back an older episode to just remind y'all, you know, The kind of time we've been on. And um, yeah. Expose y'all to some things. We're going to be talking about at the course. So Enjoy. And we'll see y'all next week. Cause we're about to be petty about what today, Asia?
2: <laughs> Collard green wraps? Yes. Collard <laughs> <laughs> greens. Ooh, on or yeah, on the Earth Seed property, we saw all the greens. Yes. Colors on colors on colors. Cows <laughs> on cows on cows. Cows on cows on, Kells on. Kells greens. They had broccoli greens. Yes. Ugh. All the beautiful, hearty, mm-hmm, <laughs> emphasis on hearty, <laughs> yeah, all the hearty greens. And um, as we were touching them, we were just talking about how crazy it was that people are actually using <laughs> these plants as wraps, <laughs> these uncooked party leaves <laughs> as wraps for their lunch. Asia, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's let's talk about
1: it. Uh, one of the main contentions uh, that I have as a black person, come on, is that collard greens are our ancestral food, mm-hmm. and I'm really tired of diet culture. And this bread phobia, this Mm. grain phobia from the people for whom, uh, who caused grain to be all over the world, right? Like, Mm. the colonizers forcing, like, their sacred plant on people and then they abandon it and start trying to colonize my collard greens. So... First of all, right? right? collards are one of the sacred plant medicines of African-American people. Mm. And throughout the continent of Africa, you see collard greens used in places like Ethiopia, mm-hmm. right? Like collard greens are our sacred medicine mm. and collard greens come with a sacred plant instruction, yeah. which is how to cook them. Right. Right. So our ancestors These were the most ingenious people because they were enslaved. And so they had to be mad efficient with the food game. Mm -hmm. They had to figure out how to get the most out of every single thing that they had. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't have time to waste, energy to waste. Right. Mm -hmm. And so our ancestors learned along with European ancestors and the other indigenous people around the planet, that with hardy greens, right, they need to be cooked. Cooked. (laughs) (laughs) For long amounts of time. And it's Mm -hmm. the cooking of these greens that convert the beta carotene into more usable forms of vitamin A. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's the cooking that releases the vital minerals such as magnesium and calcium into the Mm potlick. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you want to extract, do you want to get the minerals out of the plant? You can't get the minerals out if it's
2: raw. You can't get the minerals out by rubbing it Mm -hmm. (laughs) or just sticking Mm -hmm. oil on top. No, Mm -hmm. not with a hearty green like that. Oh, you
1: gotta cook
2: the hearty greens the fibrous
1: greens require heat processing right right? and then there are other consequences for eating raw brassicas Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. they interfere um, with your thyroid Mm -hmm. so too much raw like unfermented greens Mm -hmm. uh, are really detrimental to the overall system of your your hormones in your body right Right? Raw broccoli. People have this weird assumption, maybe because they have a hierarchy Mm. where humans are at the top and plants are at the bottom. Yeah. Where they assume that plants are benign, Mm. that plants are friendly, that plants Mm. like want to be eaten, right? The same way that your animals don't want to be eaten, plants don't want to be eaten. And humans, our ancestors especially, have figured out how to perfectly
2: prepare plants so that they're safe and effective. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of the disrespect for these plants comes from the idea of superfoods. So (laughs) as soon as the mainstream culture finds out the nutrient profile in quotations (laughs) Mm. of these certain plants Um, they label it a superfood and then it becomes the newest commodity. Yes. So I remember um, back in the day when I lived in Colorado with Asia, (laughs) um, we were at Whole Foods and uh, I think it was um, with the advent of kale as the new (laughs) superfood. Which, you know, y'all be eating raw too in these salads and I can't. But yeah, Asia and I were like, ooh, they're about to do that to collard greens. And sure enough, we saw this sign saying, collard greens are the new kale. And it was just the worst. Um, We're so offended. Like, ooh, ooh, these collard greens are our food, our sacred food. And um, when these plants are considered a commodity, it makes... A, an indigenous groups food not as available to them anymore because we're like right now color greens are going to be so expensive now yes that the people aren't going to be able to afford them exactly
1: and not only that it's important to understand that the whole superfood phenomenon is always a lie mm-hmm. but what capitalism needs is for us to constantly be seeking something new and different in order to mm-hmm. keep the grind grinding right right Right. when you have your culture when you're grounded in culture and tradition Mm -hmm. you don't need all this random shit right you don't need somebody else's everything Mm -hmm. because you're grounded and you have built partnership with your sacred plant foods Mm -hmm. so you don't have to go outside your partnership
2: to find something new you are content yeah and uh, i feel like i experienced that firsthand when i lived in the dominican republic um, because there's been a lot of American influence. I mean, crazy American influence. But at the end of the day, Dominicans love Dominican food. <laughs> ooh, ask a Dominican what their favorite food is. Ooh, they're going to give you an entire show explaining like every single part of their favorite food. They'll be like, ooh. Mango, con salami, con queso frito. Like they break it down. Dominicans talk fast, but listen, when they tell you their favorite food, they go (laughs) so slow, you know, and explain all the intricacies. Mm. I mean, like, all the things. And yeah, Dominicans love Dominican food. Mm. And, uh, they don't need all the new stuff. They will go out and eat the, the new things. But at the end of the day, yeah, their favorite thing, what gives them life is Dominican food. And that made me feel really good because I grew up eating rice and beans every day. I can still eat rice and beans every day. You eat rice and beans every day and your reproductive health is going to be on point. Right, you know, I mean, look at me. My parents both ate <laughs> rice and rice. You know, even <laughs> though my mom is from Guatemala, but I mean, she ate her rice and her black beans. Yes. You know, my dad ate white rice and red beans. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> look at me. Listen, oh my God, People with the black eyed peas, right? Mm.
1: And so we, we have our sacred beans. And I'm thinking about like the anxiety the the story that's told that like oh you need to have a super diverse diet Mm. they're constantly trying to scare you and trying to make you think you have to keep eating all this different stuff Mm -hmm. right but i was talking to this nigerian artist Mm. and he was explaining the difference between uh african music and african american music Mm. and he said uh that African music had consistent rhythms. And then he said, just like our food. Mm. He said, that's why y'all out there sick. (sighs) Because y'all be eating different stuff all the time. It's true. And it hit. It really hit. Mm -hmm. Right? And we have this anxiety because we think we need to hedge our bets Mm-hmm. Right. Because we don't believe that a simple meal is going to nourish us. So we like maybe we're going to miss out on calcium. So <laughs> we think that eating the most like diverse and broadest thing is maybe going to hit all the baselines. Mm-hmm. Right. So that we can be healthy. And there's some logic. There's some beauty to that. Mm-hmm. But when you come from real culture, mm-hmm. then those foods are already selected. So you don't have to have anxiety. Right. You have your sweet potatoes, your mm-hmm. black eyed peas, your collard greens, your pork. Mm -hmm. you're a chicken whatever you're always gonna hit like the bases because that's how we're still here is that our ancestors hit the bases Mm -hmm. look at how beautiful our bodies are Mm -hmm. we are perfect oh (laughs) look at us look at us (laughs) but we're perfect because culture Mm -hmm. right told Mm -hmm. us everything we need so for me to Create healthy offspring and hell. You know, I just have to literally cook the same things my grandma cooked. Mm-hmm. And with my like class privilege and my like educational background, like I'm able to make the highest quality versions of those foods, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But
2: I actually don't need so much. You don't. And the thing is, we we don't think about how much goes into those meals too. Right. Like, remember, all the spices are important. Yes.
1: The cumin helps Mm -hmm. you to digest. It's one of my favorite digestive herbs. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, all the herbs in the APACAE family, Mm -hmm. less celery family, right? I hope that's a celery one. Check it in the show notes. But, um, yeah, fascinatingly enough, like, all these seeds like fennel and all this Mm -hmm. stuff, like, they're all really beneficial for your digestive system. Mm-hmm. yeah and so there's a reason why our meats come so fully seasoned because
2: mm-hmm. the seasoning helps us to digest the meats sure do yeah and what justin was this this show should be called Adjustin. justin um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um he was also mentioning how um there are certain cultures <laughs> that don't cook their food enough right And, uh, I'm thinking about in our cultural foods, um, people make, or people, yeah, make use of bone broths. Yes. And that multiple cooking, multiple cooking, you know, you gotta, you gotta roast those bones. Yes, you do. And then you put them in the broth. That's right. You know, you roast the veggies, and then you put them in the
1: grill. Right. And so, like, uh, my mama makes the best colored greens with smoked turkey legs. Mm-hmm. And I actually prefer the smoked turkey to the mm-hmm. um, to the pork. But also the pork is often smoked as well. Mm-hmm. And so she geniusly substituted um, that bird for, for me, a superior mouthfeel, mm-hmm. the quality, right? And I hooked my mom up with some, like, uh, pasture-raised smoked turkeys, so, mm-hmm. you know? Just, yeah. Just I love, just you know, just lifting it up. Mm-hmm. My mom, when she makes me food, she'd be like, "All organic, <laughs> even the flour." Oh, that was so cute. Shout out to Clarice. Me <laughs> out here, and I'm like, "Is it pasture raised?" Listen, we're just gonna keep like <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what we can do. We can it's keep like I love it, and um, that conversation about the bone. Here's why I can't with like cultural substitutions, Mm -hmm. the pattern of eating collard greens Mm -hmm. is that there's a bone in it. There's a bone in it. There's a bone in it. Mm -hmm. And the reason why there's a bone in it, right. Is that the collagen that's released Mm -hmm. from the bones Mm -hmm. makes the nutrients in the greens more bioavailable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And that pairing, huh? because remember, like, our ancestors didn't always have access to protein. Mm-hmm. They were dealing with massive, like, forms of starvation and protein deficiencies, mm-hmm. deficiencies like kwashiorkor and things like that. Um, and so adding that bone to it, that was coming from, like, leftovers and things like that. But mm-hmm. it allowed them to make a more complete protein of The greens Mm. and it helped their bodies to fully digest the greens so that they can, again, get all the nutrients out of it as possible. And because they use the water. Right. People talk about cooking like, oh, you're Mm. going to lose. It's bad science because the way that our ancestors cooked the greens, they didn't throw out the water. Mm. You don't lose the vitamins. They leach out into liquid that you cook them in, mm-hmm. and then our ancestors turn that liquid into gravy. Right? Ooh, gravy!
2: Listen,
1: <laughs> right? And then they drink it because collard greens are like a stew, mm-hmm. right? So you're getting the benefits of the bone broth, mm-hmm. right? You're getting the benefits of all the B vitamins that are simply in the broth, mm-hmm. right? So the broth becomes a healing broth. Mm-hmm. You got your greens, your plant based proteins, mm-hmm. but you know, those plant based proteins are complemented by the animal based proteins. We right. don't have to exclude nobody from the pot. Like, we right. get to have all things, and that sort of resilience, that stacking of functions, right, ensures that we're going to have the nutrients that we need. And the other thing about collard greens that y'all don't know <laughs> some of y'all don't know,
2: some, some of y'all <laughs> like, mm. Some of you are skeptical, and it's fine. <laughs> we want you to listen to our podcast and engage, even if you don't agree. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that collard greens, uh, what I've learned
1: is that you never eat collard greens alone. Mm-hmm. There's always multiple forms of greens. Right. Right. And so um, my favorite combination of collard greens is with mustard greens. Mm-hmm. And I've been studying, because uh, mustards and collards are both in the brassica family. Mm-hmm. Um, but mustards are pretty unique they have some pretty unique constituents that actually help to increase the cancer-fighting compounds that we find in our brassicas mm. usually the sulfurates or what they're called mm-hmm. um, and so to make like in my opinion the best colored greens are with either mustard greens or actual
2: mustard yeah actually i just learned that too because i mean i put mustard in it because That's what you eat with greens. Yeah. It just makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, I learned that. So thank you for that, Asia. Yeah. Collards
1: are one of the plant deities that I'm in deep Mm -hmm. partnership with, like nettles. Like, you got your nettle. But I also have my collards. And when I eat my collards, my skin is on fleek. My teeth are strong Mm -hmm. because it has the calcium and the magnesium. Mm -hmm. Right. So it gives us strength and flexibility so i just i'm really in love with this plant um Mm -hmm. because like eating greens on a weekly basis is what contributes to our superior bone health Mm -hmm. right so we have our green forms of calcium that comes from hearty greens like
2: kale
1: and then we have um our white forms of calcium that's going to come from like fermented dairy products Mm -hmm. like yogurt Mm -hmm. right so like you know, there's conversations about bone density, which is complex. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as folks of African descent, um, our ancestors were focused on the green forms of calcium.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we love mm-hmm. our metabolic flexibility. So yogurt's in the pack. We love mm-hmm. our yogurt. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we're daughters of empire. So mm-hmm. we got to have our yogurt. But... Um, so, yeah, collards are one of those sacred things. And, like, if we didn't have dairy, mm-hmm. but we still had collards, we would have no needs. Mm-hmm. We would still be perfectly set.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Asia, for wanting to talk about collard greens in its sacred form. And, uh, yeah, y'all, don't be disrespecting the collards by eating those wraps. <laughs> please (laughs) don't disrespect the collard greens and don't disrespect your digestive system right it does i don't want to say it does nothing because it harms you (laughs) (laughs) but i mean you're just making really expensive poop yeah you're not getting the sacredness i mean you you are in proximity but you want to get all the things and so um Also, we want you to enjoy what you're eating. Yeah, It doesn't taste good like that, y'all. It's chewy and raw. Yeah, haven't you heard a lot of people say, oh, I don't like kale. It's because you're eating it raw mm because the greens that I made, that I told y'all about the last podcast, (laughs) (laughs) they slap.
1: But that's why, like, American kids don't be eating their vegetables because they're They're gross. Because they're gross because their parents aren't cooking it. Mm -hmm. And children, like animals, you know, well dogs and stuff like that like they can tell when nutrition is there because nutrition tastes good mm-hmm. the nutritious thing usually tastes good right and there's a point where you're cooking collard greens mm-hmm. and you're like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah not yet mm-hmm. hour four comes through right and you're like slaps mm-hmm. and it tastes so good and that's literally the point where the minerals become available you see the mm-hmm. color change right mm-hmm. they go from like screaming bright mm-hmm. to like this like a deep green yes that earth green mm-hmm.
2: right oh, that beautiful earth green mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah go get y'all some go okay, please so, go get some color greens <laughs>
1: uh, and I'm, I'm curious do you have a uh, Bougie auntie, word of
2: advice for the people, Karina. I love being bougie, and I love being auntie. Mm. And uh, we actually met with one of Asia's dear friends. And uh, (laughs) shout out to Juju, Juju Juju. Juju on the beat, Juju on the beat. (laughs) Yeah, Juju's great. And they brought their partner and their baby, Mm. um, their son and uh their son likes bougie things you know (laughs) they always ask if things are luxury (laughs) <laughs> that my spirit. I said that's right. <laughs> it's okay to be bougie and want all the nice things. Hmm. I'm that bougie auntie who will get you those things. Except like, let me. Like, what you want? Because you know your mama's not.
0: Exactly. Like, your
1: parents not. Like, <laughs> parents are not going to get you the things. Parents can't too. afford. Right. And that's what the bougie auntie is there for. hmm Right. Because we can
2: afford. So, yeah. Yo, your bougie auntie got you. And if you ain't got no bougie auntie, be your own bougie auntie and get you the thing. You the thing. Even if that thing is, um, I need my fancy matcha. <laughs> get the thing. So, yeah, allow yourself to have luxury. Yeah. What's your bougie auntie mm. word of advice today? Cooking collard greens for four hours is a luxury. Mm. It
1: sure is. Uh, taking 30 minutes out of your day to do yoga nidra is a luxury.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. When I think about the bougie things that I like and the base of the bougie, right? I'm, I'm wearing cashmere, mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. it's because it was handcrafted by a person that I know and right. with wool that's sourced, right? Equitably and that's traceable.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. It's not about like someone else's perception of like wellness or niceness. Mm. Because y'all are embedded in capitalism. It's hard for folks to discern quality. Mm -hmm. But like the time it takes to actually cook your greens. It's, mm-hmm. it's a luxury item mm-hmm. to have well done collard greens. Right Oh, that's fun. Let's eat soul
2: food <laughs> with grandma on the back. Yes! Shout out again! So let's eat soul food. <laughs> in <North> Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> no kill. Like no Anyways.
1: But like the time it took to prepare those dishes, mm-hmm. right? The, the the fact that the price was accessible to us, right? There was so much time on that food. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's part of like the salads, Mm -hmm. the kale wraps, because everyone's looking for something quick. Right. And they think it's nice. Mm. But it ain't got no time on it. Mm -mm. So I'm just going to say like my, my word of advice is like, take some time on it. Mm. Give yourself time to actually cook your food. Yeah. If you ain't got time to cook. You ain't got time to live. It's true, right? And, and we gotta fight for time. Mm-hmm. We gotta reshape our labor relations, our family relations, mm-hmm. in order to etch out the time that it takes to cook. Mm-hmm. Right? Oof, that's real. And and what does it take to get home cooked food? Maybe that's not available to you. Maybe you're at your edge. You're at your limit. Right. Maybe mm-hmm. meal planning, maybe, maybe you just can't. How can we be in relationship with each other such mm-hmm. that your sis can take on cooking your collards?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Like you don't have to do this alone. We have to make trade offs and compromises and sacrifices. And mm-hmm. I hear it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But you can get some well cooked collard greens you deserve. Mm-hmm. you deserved cooked collard greens
2: also <clears throat> there's this really cute invention called a crock pot <laughs> listen no listen to me some of y'all are laughing too <laughs> don't laugh <laughs> um, but listen a crock pot will do the things for you it will take that time to utilize that crock because you can make those four hour greens in a crock pot and you can still get your work done. Yeah. But um, that requires preparation. And a lot of us are just go, 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 go.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That uh, we forego preparation. Yes. <clears throat> and for me, preparation is sacred. It's a ritual. So I want to add that. Yes. To y'all's um, bougie, to Asia's bougie on word of advice. Get yourself a tool to be able to help you. Listen, we live in capitalism, so use it. Use <laughs> it for your benefit. That's right. <laughs> so that you can have those home cooked meals, those long cooked meals. And that's what crock pots are intended to do. Mm, slow and low, baby. Slow and low. <laughs> so you, yeah, you deserve you deserve collard greens. Keep that magic, y'all. Keep that magic. And that's why we're always encouraging you to
1: uh stay ready. And be
2: petty. (laughs) Thanks for listening to us, y'all. Um follow us on Instagram at Petty Herbalist and catch on to all Asia's magic at Bones, Bugs, and Botany, and also the corresponding Patreon um, sites. So by going on patreon.com slash Petty you are supporting the podcast. And on patreon.com slash Bones, Bugs, and Botany, you are supporting Asia's ministry that has all the things, but including that she is writing a book so support my wife <laughs> get on it you can support both of us listen, listen of the things. Things. the things because we live in community so we're supporting each other always so yes thanks for listening y'all and we'll catch you on the next episode